walking down a dark city street when he encountered a rough-looking character. The stranger came up to him and said, Sir, could you help a poor, hungry, homeless man who has nothing in the whole world to call his own except this loaded forty-four Magnum revolver in my hand? Something motivated the man to hand over his cash, but it wasn't compassion. I don't recall where I heard that story, but It emphasizes a sad truth. There's not a lot of compassion in our world today. In our reading this week from Mark 6, Jesus is described as having compassion. But what is compassion? Try this definition. Compassion is me having your pain in my heart. Let's pray. O grant us hearts like yours, dear Lord, so joyous, free, and true, that all your children everywhere be drawn by us to you. Amen. Chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. The disciples had just returned from their missionary expedition, and they were excited. Perhaps Peter was saying things like, Jesus, you should have been there when. And Thomas was saying, I touched the blind man's eyes and he could see again. And John was saying, I told the demon to get out of the man, and it did. Oh, it was exciting as the disciples reunited with their teacher, sharing their stories. And look who follows the disciples back to Jesus. 5,000 men, plus women and children. Like rivers cascading out of the hills and villages, they swarm to meet Jesus. If you're a mom with two or three or even four little ones who all demand your attention at the same time, or you work in an office and two lines on the phone are lit up and three people walk through your door at the same time, all wanting something from you. You know what it's like when everyone wants your attention. Think of what it must have been like for Jesus to have all these people streaming toward him. He and his disciples didn't have time to pray, to reflect, to eat. And so, with compassion for his disciples, Jesus suggests, let's get away. And for a few precious minutes, the world is quiet again as the waves slap against the hull. A lesson there for us that in our our busyness, in a world where we have, have so many things to do, so many deadlines to meet, it's important that we we get away sometimes, just just with Jesus and his word. Spend time in prayer. 
When Jesus and his disciples approach the other shore, there's a surprise waiting for them. Those 10,000 or so people have decided to walk around the lake and meet him on the other side. So what does he do? Does he tell the disciples to push the boat out and set sail for another location? No. A flock of sheep without a shepherd would be like a bus full of people speeding down the highway without a driver. No, Jesus has compassion on them. He had their pain in his heart. He had compassion on the mother who had buried a child, on the widow or widower mourning the loss of a lifetime companion, on the struggling teen looking for acceptance. He felt the pain of the sick, of those who have been mistreated and unjustly accused. Jesus had compassion on them all. Friends, he also has your pain in his heart. He had your pain in his heart when he was born into this world to take your place under the law. He showed compassion for you when he gave his life to cover your sins. And he shows compassion for you when he promises that he's with you always. Those crowds were confused, ignorant of so many important things. They were not given by their teachers the spiritual food they needed, the promise of a Savior. So Jesus taught them. He taught them until, verse 35, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, You give them something to eat. The disciples could hardly believe it. Think of the cost. What was Jesus thinking? Verse 37 goes on. They said to him, That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? You see, they had forgotten what Jesus could do. Verse 38. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. These would have been small loaves of bread, five of them suitable for a boy's lunch. The fish, either smoked or pickled, would have been eaten on the bread. Not much to feed this many people. But the disciples didn't ask any more questions. Verse 39. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, Jesus gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men, just the men who had eaten, was 5,000. Notice that Jesus began the meal as he began every meal with thanksgiving. What a great example for us to recognize each time we sit down to eat that our daily bread is a gift from our Heavenly Father. The fish and the loaves, they kept multiplying until everyone's tummies were full. 
and there were even 12 lunch baskets left, one for each of the disciples. Verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Job chapter 9, verse 8, speaks of God as, the one who stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. This miracle leaves no doubt that Jesus is the one who stretches out the heavens, who created the universe, and now he is fully capable of walking on the waves of the sea. It was the fourth watch of the night, that is, between 3 and 6 a.m. The disciples were in real trouble here. Because the wind was against them, they had taken down the sails and were using the oars, but still getting nowhere. Jesus saw them in their distress. He let them struggle for a while to show them, perhaps, as he often shows us, that he is there to help us in our moments of greatest need. When Jesus appears to them walking on the water, they don't react well. They are terrified, thinking he is a ghost. And we might think that, well, they're very superstitious. But I wonder if we would have reacted a whole lot better. There were tales told among the fishermen in those days of strange sights on the sea, apparitions, ghosts that appeared before your boat capsized and you drowned. Seeing a figure walking on the water, what, what would you have thought? That their hearts were hardened, as Mark says, does not mean that they had rejected Christ, but they were failing to understand who he was and what he had come to do. They did not understand the point of the loaves and fish, and they do not understand the point of walking on the water. This non-understanding of who Jesus is and what he has come to do on the part of his own disciples becomes a growing theme in the next chapters, we'll see. Verse 53. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Those who recognized Jesus as he stepped off the boat spread the word, and crowds welcomed Jesus wherever he went. He even healed those who touched the edge of his cloak. Mark is showing us again the power of Jesus. 
And while the disciples at this point don't understand who Jesus is and what he's come to do, you and I, by the work of the Holy Spirit, are blessed to know that. And these these accounts that show us Jesus' power encourage us in our faith, encourage us to put our trust in him, knowing that he is more than capable of bringing us safely home. Next week, we'll see God's word pitted against human traditions. And we'll hear Jesus' warning to watch out for a a false piety based on those human traditions that actually leads us away from God. Now, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.